With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now, it's time to get to work. So, this is the last Sunday, free Sunday, as you called it, Ian, uh, without football for the next several weeks. I mean, we're talking months now. So, it feels good. It feels good that we're finally at the point where um, the football season is is actually about to start. And the longest preseason ever is finally over. As I joked on the last podcast, it's been 84 years. 84. It's been a long time. It feels like it's been a long time. Um, but we're but we made it, right? We got we got through. We survived, and we're stronger uh, for it. We are stronger for it. But un- unfortunately, this is a, a bit of a special. Although maybe special is not the word. This is a special podcast because it is um, mostly about roster cuts uh, and and the guys who made it, the guys who didn't. And we're gonna we're gonna dive in a, a little bit into some of our surprises and what some of the moves mean. And uh, I think I don't know. Do you have a spot you want to start with? A player you think that we should we should hit on first, or a position that you're concerned about? I guess I'll I'll, I'll give you the the start off here. 
Well, I think we start off at a quarterback where Joe Flacco is QB1, QB2, and QB3. Yes. If that that's is... not elite, I don't know what is. <laughs> if one plus two plus three equals elite. So you're right. Uh, Math-wise, that is correct. I was surprised. Uh, I was surprised that, that Kevin Hogan was cut just because, like you said, it's Joe Flacco backed up by Joe Flacco, who is also backed up by Joe Flacco. And so who's the emergency quarterback? Is it Joe Flacco? I what think if, it is. That would be um, that'd be a weird emergency. So I, I guess the thought is Kevin Hogan is out. It's not Brett Rippon, right? I mean, yep, Brett Rippon was released as well. They're so, hoping that they can get him onto the practice right. squad. So we'll see. So, so then you, so now you're looking at, well, what are they going to do? And I, and it's obvious that they have some moves that they need to make. But I'm curious as to what, what you think they're going to do, knowing that they need at least a third string guy that isn't Joe Flacco. I think so. We saw some reports. One guy who was released, and he was with the New England Patriots, is Brian Hoyer. He has familiarity with the Rich Scangarello offense, which is part of the Kyle Shanahan offense. I think the other thing to keep an eye on is a quarterback from the San Francisco 49ers. So whether it's a guy like Nick Mullins, if he is somehow released and becomes available. What was interesting about it is Elway did his uh, customary end of uh, preseason and roster moves news conference with um, shortly after the, the 2 PM deadline on Saturday. And he was asked about on the decisions to waive Kevin Hogan and Brett Rippon. And Elway said, we're exploring all our options. We looked at it and it's a spot that we needed. The plan is to put Drew on IR and then go from there. We needed the spot with Drew being out six to eight weeks. I figured the best thing for us as a team was to use that spot. So we'll make that corresponding move as we go. And then he was asked about the open quarterback position and the options. Wide open. We'll just see what happens. Obviously, the wire is going to come out about three or four hours. So we'll see what's there. We're exploring all our options at this point in time. And in terms of the waiver, how it works is the Broncos pick 10th in the waiver in the waiver wire. So if there's a quarterback that becomes available, they have to go th- the, the nine teams in front of them would have to pass on him for the Broncos to be able to sign him. And uh, so we'll see what happens. I, I think it, it with Drew Locke's hand injury that that changed their plans significantly obviously, because I think Locke was going to be the backup quarterback heading into the season. But now with his his thumb sprain, it, it kind of throws a, a kink in that plan, so to speak. Sure, a wrench in the monkey works, that's for sure. Um, yeah, it's funny because I, I as I listen to you talk, all I can think about is Elway running around shaking trees and hoping a, a quarterback will fall out. Um but I, I doubt that's really the process that they can they can go through because he said they shook all the trees and there were no quarterbacks in them. Um, but yeah, I was I was surprised by that just because you almost feel like you want to have something in place before you find something else. It, it almost as a safety net, right? If they can't find somebody to to bring in or they they miss on guys on the waiver wire that kind of stuff. But I, I suppose uh, 
smarter smarter people than me uh, are going to continue to to make decisions for the Denver Broncos, and I'll just keep I'll just keep talking about it. Um, you you bring up an interesting topic though, and, and I want to jump into it because I'm really interested in what the Broncos did here. Uh, you talked about Drew Locke going on IR, and he's not the only guy who the Broncos have on IR. Jake Butt and Theo Riddick are both also being placed on injured reserve. But there's a caveat there, or sort of a little, like you said, a kink, right? So maybe we should explain what that kink is or what that caveat is that could have uh, implications down the road. So the new rule that's been in place, I think it's I think it's two seasons now, yeah. is that you can bring two guys back from IR. So it's after eight weeks you're able to get a guy you're able to get two guys back who you designate for return on the IR. So there's three guys on IR right now. As you mentioned, the Oritic, Jake Butt, Drew Locke. They don't have to announce the guys that they return now. That can be determined the week that they can come back as far as I know. So what if Drew Locke is not ready? He's not going to be able to practice at any point if he is put on season-ending IR come eight weeks from now. If Jake Butt is not able to come back, why are you keeping him on the roster at all? Because to me, that of all the things that happened on Saturday, that was the biggest surprise to me because he can't stay healthy. And that's not a knock. That's not a, a knock on Jake Butt. That's not an insult to Jake Butt. He just can't stay healthy. The only game he played in in the preseason, he played eleven snaps. The result of that was having another procedure on his knee. And as I said on my Broncos Blast segment on ESPN sixteen hundred in Denver with Michael Clark and Mark Knutson. Why waste a roster spot on a guy who can't stay on the field? To me, that seems like you're hoping that he's going to be able to come back. And I, as he said, as as Butt said on social media, he the procedure that he's having he had done in college when he was at the University of Michigan, and the difference now is it's not his first ACL tear; it's his third. And, I mean, I want it to work out with Jake Butt. I think he has the potential to be a great tight end. But that there's that word, potential. And it seems like you're hoping that it happens when there has been no evidence at any point since he was drafted from Michigan that it's going to happen. Yeah, the I think, and, and not to sound cliche, because it is turning into a bit of a cliche, and we, we've said it on this podcast before, and, uh, I hear it all the time. The most important ability is availability, and he doesn't have it. And, and that's that's the biggest problem with Jake Butt. It's not his talent. It's not his speed. It's not it's not his hands. It's not his blocking ability. It's the fact that he can't stay on the field. And uh, you know, I'm trying to imagine, or I'm trying to to remember. He's been on the Broncos roster for three or four. Is it is this his third year now with the Broncos? Am I right? I believe I believe it's his third. Okay. It's a second or it's, it's a two second or three, or third. right? Two or three. Yeah. I mean, but at the end of the day, 
uh, which is another fun cliche, you have to, sometimes you got to cut bait, right? You got to cut bait and run. And and that's terrible. You, you, you feel for the guy because you want him to be successful. You know he's got the talent. You know he has all of the, the, the skill sets that are necessary to be a professional football player, to be a tight end in the NFL. But if your knees don't work, your knees don't work. And it's too bad for him that that's what seems to be what's about to happen. But the Denver Broncos are a professional franchise. It's a business. You've got to make decisions like a business. This to me feels like the Broncos are in the same boat as as many fans are. And they're just hoping that he can, like the magic knee fairy will come and rub uh, fairy dust all over his knees and he'll be fine again. And I don't. I just don't see that happening. I hope it does. I hope it happens. Either I hope it happens when he's with the Broncos, but if he eventually leaves the Broncos, I hope he finds success somewhere else. But the fact is, I don't have any faith that he can actually do that because he hasn't proven it over the course of his. I guess you can call it a career, even though it's really not much of a career to talk about. I think one of the guys who is going to come back from IR is going to be Theo Riddick. I think yes. he is going to come back in the, in the, the six to eight week window. So it's going to come down to one of those other two guys in drew Locke or Jake, Butt. the interesting thing that happened though, on Saturday is one guy who we thought was out six to eight weeks was not put on IR. That's Andy Janovich. Yeah. I, I was, that one confused me, right? Because his his injury is an injury that doesn't just heal immediately, right? It's one of those soft tissue injuries that you can't just put a cast on it and then hope everything like heals back together. It's a soft tissue injury where you have to replace, like like sort of put things back and then rehab, and so it's it's confusing to say the least i think for for at least from from my perspective right from where i sit because you almost feel like there's a game being played here that maybe we're not privy to i think when you look at when the injury occurred with janovich i mean that was close to almost three weeks ago i mean it it feels it feels like a hundred years ago at this point right because of how long the preseason has been Maybe 105. I know you said 84 years, but I think it's longer. So I I, I can see why maybe he's, he, I mean, he it's the legend of Annie Janovich. It's, it's 22 Janos. So maybe he's been able to heal quicker than normal. And I'm going to bring a lost reference back. Maybe he's like John Locke and he just heals at a remarkable pace. Yeah. Or if you and haven't I, seen have the to, show, maybe I have he's, to go back. <laughs> he's Captain I, America. I have, <laughs> I have seen I have seen the fog monster or the the smoke monster as it's referenced. I right. have seen it. Okay. See, I knew you'd seen it. I knew you'd seen it. But I think a, maybe a more apropos comparison for healing is like the Wolverine, uh, you know, or, or or Captain America. The super serum helps him heal faster, which is why he survived the ice wreck. I don't know why we're getting into that, but. Janovich. I plopped that lost reference yeah. out there and expected it to perform. Wow, well played. You 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 did. You plopped that out there very nicely, by the way. 
Um, I, I, yeah, I, th- I think you're right, though. I think the amount of time preseason that the injury that the injury occurred makes it so that really he's back in in three weeks, right? Three three or four weeks. So you don't put him on IR. You're not going to cut him. He's Andy Janovich. He's the legend. So you just wait. He's just wait and see. That's really all you can do with him. I think one of the coolest stories to come out of the preseason for the Broncos is Mike Purcell. He he's a guy who was with Vic Fangio in San Francisco and in Chicago. And the way he played made the other surprise move that happened earlier in the week was Zach Kerr being released. When you have a guy like Mike Purcell show up and play like he did in practice and in the games, it makes those decisions to cut a guy like Zach Kerr a little bit easier. And if you don't know about Mike Purcell's story, he grew up in Highlands Ranch, went to Highlands Ranch High School, played at the University of Wyoming. So he's another local kid. And I... Scotty Flag, Scotty Flag. I'm throwing the Scotty Flag. You're not allowed to talk about local kids and be excited about it. That's a Scotty Flag. And he doesn't listen, so I can say it all I want. And Vic Fangio was asked about Mike Purcell on Saturday. And Fangio had another great quote. He said, I remember when John... And Matt came to me and said that we were thinking about signing Purcell way back when. I said, be careful. You like him. Mike came in and had a heck of a camp. He earned his way on the, on this football team. No way, no two ways about it through practice and through the games. So it, it that's a good story that has come out of the preseason and, and training camp. And I, I think the addition of Mike Purcell gives the Broncos the depth they need on the interior defensive line. You're going to have a guy who's able to to come in, especially on on run rundowns, and spell Shelby Harris if need be. And he's going to be, I think, a very important weapon in terms of the run defense with the way he's able to get into the interior of the offensive line, like he has over the course of the the preseason and the and uh, training camp. So I, it's just, it's a great story, and, it, and it's going to be fun to watch Shelby Harris and Mike Purcell, I think, because that's one of the key things that the Broncos, we've talked about it, one of the key things that the Broncos have lacked since Malik Jackson left for Jacksonville. So I, I think Shelby Harris is going to be one of those guys who is going to explode onto the scene. And you saw NFL.com write a piece this week saying that they think that Shelby Harris could potentially be an all pro and that that would be incredible if they're able to get that type of performance. But the way he played in the, the preseason game against the 49ers, no, as, absolutely. As, as we talked about along with Bradley Chubb, yep. I mean, if he, if he, if, if, if Harris does that on a consistent basis, this defense is going to be damn near impossible to stop. I think you're right. I also think that all of the comments on that NFL.com article were about Garrett Bowles. That being said, the other the other guy that benefits from Zach Kerr being cut is Demarcus Walker, and he was one of the guys we talked about on the last show, uh, a, being a potential cut. Right? I, I said he might be a surprise cut just because of who drafted him and the fact that maybe he wasn't a fit for the system. But I think that's another addition to the depth of the defensive line that allows for 
you know, Zach Kerr goes away, Mike Purcell and Demarcus Walker benefit from that, and I think they add to the depth of the defensive line in a way that will cause that defense. Like you said, that defense is going to be good up front, and that's a big part of that. And if you have a good rotation there, when a guy like Shelby Harris needs, you know, is gassed and needs to take, you know, take a break, you can bring in guys that will plug in the holes and you won't see a huge drop off when Shelby Harris goes out. Obviously you'll see a little bit of a drop off. Cause I think you're right. Shelby Harris is poised to have a huge season, but still you got to have guys behind him that can step in and spell him a little bit. And I think that DeMarcus Walker back in his natural position, that's going to help him as well. And perhaps that's what Vic Fangio and his staff see is that, Hey, that he's been playing out of position for the last few years. Let's get him where he's supposed to be. And that's one of the other things they talked about in terms of DeMarcus Walker is he's back up to 300 pounds now. So I think he's been able to put on weight, and that's going to be I think that's going to be a big difference maker for him. The other addition that the Broncos made over the course of all these trans- transactions on Friday and Saturday is they brought in cornerback Duke Dawson from the New England Patriots, which now gives them five deep in terms of cornerback because you have Chris Harris Jr., Bryce Callahan, Devontae Bosby, Isaac Yadam, and now Duke Dawson. As we've said, that's now one of your strengths is the depth at cornerback. Which was a weakness going into the preseason for a lot of for a lot of people. So that's a really good point. And I and Fangio was asked about Duke Dawson, and he said he's a guy that has played both nickel and corner, was a guy that was a lot of teams had good rankings on in the eighteen draft. Obviously, New England did. We had some good grades on him here in Denver, and to get a guy like that to work with, and all we had to do is flip a sixth and the seventh, I think, is worth a shot. And I think the other thing that it does is it gives Fangio and Donatel more flexibility with what they do with Chris Harris Jr. now. Two guys that, that also made the team, uh, Malik Reed and, and Josh Watson, we had an edge rusher and a, and a middle linebacker, but they extend the – undrafted free agent streak I think that we see with the Denver Broncos and and we've talked about this in the past on the podcast there's there's a sense of pride there that the Broncos are able to go out and find guys like Chris Harris Jr. Rod Smith Philip Lindsay players that eventually or do immediately have impact with the Broncos in a way that can can cause them to be successful individually as players but then also uh, for the team and do some good things and so I think that that that's pretty that's a pretty impressive streak and, and a nice story. And it's not just one, it's two of them. As you mentioned, it's Josh Watson and Malik Reed. And it's for the 15th time in the last 16 years, at least one undrafted rookie made the Broncos roster at the cut to 53 players. And the way Malik Reed has played in the preseason, he even did it in the final preseason game. He's good. gonna he's gonna be able to, to take that spot left by Shaquille Barrett and Shane Ray. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice pickup. And it, it is sort of a, a weird – I don't want to call it a weird stat, but it is kind of a weird stat that the Denver Broncos, 15 of the last 16 years, uh, have found a guy, or, or in this case two guys, that were good enough to make the squad but weren't good enough to be drafted. And that's always – it's always fascinating to me how players like that can come in and, and have an impact and, and make a difference. And, and obviously they haven't had a chance in the regular season to do that. Uh, but perhaps, uh, and I think 
just sort of in my own impression of it, Malik Reed is the guy you lean towards there. One of them can come in and sort of put his mark on, on the defense. And, and I think Malik Reed has that option or has that possibility, uh, at least based on what we've seen so far. Right, because you have the ability to move things around and to allow Chris Harris to be, I, I mean, really just what Chris Harris is. I mean, it just gives him more freedom out on the field to be where he wants to be, to to perform the way he wants to perform. And I think that that's really the key to Vic Fangio's defense is he, he's very good at putting guys in position to be successful. And we've talked about this a lot on the podcast about coaches who either have a system and force guys to fit into the system or coaches who uh, fit their system around the guys that they have or put guys in a position to be successful in the, the system that they run. And I get the sense from the preseason games that we've seen, the, the, the news coming out of training camp, the all of the things that you sort of see about Vic Fangio, he's more interested in putting guys in a position to be successful because he knows that that success is going to create victories. It's going to be wins on the field. It's going to be uh, little victories here and there within the game, and that's going to lead to points and, and turnovers and things like that. And so this is a move that allows Chris Harris Jr. to to continue to sort of be who he is and do that where he's the most comfortable. So I really like that. Uh, I think it's a I think it's a, a good move. Uh, although I'm always a little a little weary about trades with the New England Patriots. As we talked about on the last podcast, the guy I mentioned as a surprise cut was actually cut and that safety Sewell Cravens. To stay on the defensive side of the ball, the biggest question mark remains middle linebacker, and especially with Todd Davis still up in the air and whether or not he's going to play in the Monday night opener against the Oakland Raiders. But James Palmer with NFL Network, I believe it was on Friday, tweeted that he had talked to Todd Davis, and Palmer said that Davis said that he is going to be ready to go. How effective he'll be remains a big question considering that he hasn't practiced since the first practice of training camp. And that was at least 84 years ago, 84 years ago. But I think the, the, the most interesting newsworthy thing to come out of Elway's news conference on Saturday was what he said when he was asked about the middle linebacker position, he said, we have plans on one there. We just can't announce it yet. We're, talk, we're talking right now, so we've got plans for that spot. We've got one coming in. And a lot of people on Twitter, because Ryan Edwards had that quote, and I quote tweeted it, and some people responded, Corey Nelson. But a couple questions later, he was asked if Corey Nelson is coming in for a visit, and Elway says one word, Yeah. Well, if he can't announce it yet, he just announced that it's Corey Nelson. So that would make me believe or think that there is another one in the hopper. The math is hard on this, right? Like I'm I'm the I'm I'm trying to add one plus one and get seven almost here. Uh I, so it's not you can't talk about it and you can't announce it, Corey Nelson. You can't talk about it, you're not gonna announce it. Corey Nelson, none of those, if this was an algebra problem, we'd all just go home because algebra sucks. So I don't have. And that would make the the equation in a, moot. 
Yeah, it would be in a non-equation. As Joey on Friends called it, a moo point. It would be a moo point. That's right, a moo point. It would be mute. Oh, I love it when people say something is mute. Oh, it doesn't make any noise? Fantastic. I think I'm just going to speculate. Oh, speculation. We, I mentioned the name Kiko yes. Alonso. Speculate away. I love this idea. With his salary, there's no way he's going to be traded. And given that the Dolphins traded Laramie Tunzel to the Houston Texans for two first-round picks and a second-round pick, so they're in complete rebuild mode. I think they are in complete tank for Tua mode. So I, 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 I think... Kiko Alonso is probably going to get released or if for some reason they trade for him, but with that salary, I can't see it possible. So it's just, that's a name to keep an eye on. I'd be interested to see if the if Elway and the Broncos would have interest and I get it. Kiko Alonso tried to kill Joe Flacco. It might be a little awkward. I think they get over it. They're, they're professional football players. They'll be fine. You know, this this always comes back to me every time we talk about the middle linebacker position or inside linebacker, if you want to go that direction. John Elway does not value the middle linebacker position. I don't know why. I, I don't have an answer for those of you out here who are wondering, well, why doesn't he value the middle linebacker position? I don't know. I don't have the answer because he played in an era that included – some good middle linebackers. He played with some good middle linebackers. So, thank you. So, see how I led you there? I thought that was really well done on our part. I don't get the... There's a, a lack of urgency on John Elway's part when it comes to landing a, 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 a an inside linebacker, and I don't understand it. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. And I don't, I don't think we'll ever be able to understand it. But I would be more than happy to see Kiko Alonso in a Denver Broncos uniform, and I don't care what Joe Flacco thinks of it. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. The other option that became available is Brandon Marshall was released by the Raiders. I, 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 I get it. Every single former Bronco that gets released, Broncos fans want to bring back. There's a reason the Broncos released Brandon Marshall. I highly doubt that issue has been resolved and the issue is is that he really isn't that good in coverage. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do I do wonder though and at a certain point you have to look at what you have on the roster, right? You have to look at what's available. You have to look at what you can actually acquire and you have to ask the question even though we released this guy, is he the best option for us right now? That I'm not saying that I want Brandon Marshall back with the Denver Broncos. I think he was great with the community. I thought Brandon Marshall was a, a, a good guy, and I liked the fact that he was a Denver Bronco for all of the reasons that don't actually translate into victories, right? None of the stuff that I liked him for 
really was about winning. It was about who he was as a human being and the things that he did as a really as a, just as a person. That being said, if you look at what the Broncos have right now, is it better than Brandon Marshall? If you look at what's available to the Broncos right now, is it better than Brandon Marshall? So I, I guess I understand the fan perspective, and I do. I hate it when fans are like, oh, he used to be a Bronco. Demarius Thomas. Demarius Thomas. Go get Demarius Thomas. No, no, don't go get Demarius Thomas. I love Demarius Thomas. But he doesn't need to be a Denver Bronco. But Brandon Marshall, to me, is one where I'm not quite so sure on that. Maybe he is the best option right now if, say, a guy like Kiko Alonso doesn't find his way onto Denver's roster. And the thing with Brandon Marshall is he can't stay healthy either. Yeah, availability. It's an important ability. So, I I, I mean, I get it. I, but, no, I it, Brandon Marshall is not coming back to the Broncos. <laughs> yeah, no, I get No. <laughs> To get on the other side of the ball, the biggest question mark in terms of the offense is the offensive line. And they decided to keep eight offensive linemen. Juwan James, Garrett Bowles, Dalton Reisner, Ronald Leary, Connor McGovern, Austin Schlottman, Elijah Wilkinson, Jake Rogers. The surprising name in that group is Jake Rogers because he was not very good. So I think if there is a veteran that becomes available that passes through the first nine spots, Jake Rogers is probably going to be out. And that's another position that you mentioned in terms of Elway just completely overlooking middle linebacker. That's another position group that he is just completely whiffed on. And it's so perplexing because not until Pat Bowen decided he was going to go get Gary Zimmerman from the Minnesota Vikings did John Elway have an offensive line. Yeah, and it's weird because he did – look, Elway was successful before, right? Elway was successful before Gary Zimmerman. But the Denver Broncos weren't successful before Gary Zimmerman. I think there's a there's a distinction there you have to make. you you got to separate the two. John Elway was the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL, in my opinion. I, I don't think you can, um, you can argue that – you can, I guess, but you'd be wrong – that being said, talent-wise, he was the best player on the field every time he stepped on the field. But as teams go, you have to have teams that can work and function together that can be successful. And I think it happens all the time where you have guys that are incredibly talented, but their team sucks, and so they don't win. And Elway was one of the few guys that could drag a team all the way to the Super Bowl and then lose. And he did it more than enough times, three of them. I, I just don't even want to talk about it. And you're right. Not until the team finally became a legitimate team with players around him, an offensive line, a solid defense, a great running back. Not until then were they able to finally get over the hill. And it's it's weird. It's like he's got these weird blind spots. I think Elway's blind spots are the weirdest blind spots because – as a quarterback, you want to be protected at all times, and he just kind of doesn't understand how to pick guys that can protect a quarterback. And as a quarterback, you should really understand the importance of the middle linebacker position because the middle linebacker is the is sort of the opposite of the quarterback 
as far as like play calling and, and being the person who runs the defense. And so you would think he would understand that being an important position as well. And he just, for whatever weird reason, those are his two strange blind spots. And don't give me the, oh, and quarterback too. No, picking a quarterback is hard. I'm not even going to go there. So offensive line and middle linebacker. In terms of the other position that stood out with a a quote that I'll I'll get to, but wide receiver, that's always one that in terms of Broncos country, they're interested in how many they keep. The Broncos kept six, Emmanuel Sanders, Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, Tim Patrick, Juwan Winfrey, and River Craycraft. Although, if I'm River Craycraft, I'm not feeling too comfortable right now because this is what John Elway had to say about the returner spot. We're still looking. That's the outlook. We continue to look and try to get better there. Right now, it's River. But we'll continue to try to get better there if we can. If there's someone better than River... Then we'll see what we can do. I don't. Ah, I don't think he. Uh, that's not a vote of confidence. No, that is not a vote of confidence. That's a. Don't write your position in ink. Yeah, that's. You're not using a sharpie on River's name. All the other names, sure, sharpie them in there. River, you might want to use a uh, Ticonderoga number two on that. Make sure it's sharp. And get your eraser ready because it could go away quickly. That, uh, <laughs> imagine being River Craycraft. I, I know in sports it's funny, like you're like, you hear that and you're like, that's motivation. I'm going to work hard and I'm going to do. Yeah, but also it's your job's on the line, homie. And there's really nothing you can do about it. If we find somebody we think's better, you're gone no matter what you do. Oh, well, that, that's not good. <laughs> I feel bad for the guy, actually. I do, too. I But, I, I mean, at least it's not a secret. That's at true. He didn't come out and say he's done great. He had a lot of really good practices. Well, there. He, I did it. I did. I'm sorry. I said it. You know what's interesting about that, though? All 84 years of the preseason, I feel like it was always River Craycraft who was out on the field first for every practice. Am I wrong about that? Nope. So, he was he was the first guy out there. He's it's not like he isn't working and it's not like he's not doing what he needs to do to be successful. He just isn't he's not he's not written in Sharpie. I think the three positions aside from quarterback that we can say the Broncos will look to try to get better at middle linebacker, offensive line, punt returner. I think those are the three positions to watch come Sunday and Monday for the waiver for the waiver additions for any additional moves the Broncos try to make to make their roster better because there's still work that needs to be done the I, I mean it, to me the most interesting thing about all of this is who is going to be the other guy to come back from IR is it going to be Drew Locke or is it going to be Jake Butt because one of those guys is going to be Theo Riddick and then what does that happen what does that mean for Devontae Booker, who is the third running back after Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman? You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos.